This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. I've said uh, on the on the morning show, and, and I think that w- what I heard backed it up a little bit. This was all about style, not necessarily substance. We were going to get a sense of how each man, how each coach, who's a veteran of the NFL, communicates with an audience, maybe even commands a room, if you will. But I don't think you were going to get many specifics. I think everybody wanted to know how much Shane Waldron would give about <laughs> quarterback debate. And he was very little, very little. And, and I think that's smart. I think that's very smart because, you know, we aren't at that stage yet. And he isn't the one that should be revealing any kind of clue, even though we all want to know. Um, let's start with Waldron. Dan, I, I mean, he's definitely fits on Matt Eberflus' staff. You can see why he's a grinder. Uh, you can see why he's intense and, you can see how he would be able to explain the game and, and work as hard as anybody. Uh, passionate about his job, proven in what he has done. And um, I, I think that overall, he, he made a positive first impression and didn't say anything that would give you reason to think, oh boy, this is going to be uh, a tough guy to listen to. I, I didn't think so. And, and I felt like he he represented himself very professionally. Seemed a little bit nervous to me uh, out of the gates. Uh, and, and some of that's just getting comfortable at, probably with what you can say and what you can't say at a very delicate time of the year. Mark Potash, longtime veteran on this uh, this beat, uh, made an observation at the end of both of the, the coordinators in saying that we only had one current player's name brought up and it was only a first name it was Montez by Eric Washington uh, and so there wasn't a lot of specifics about the team and the units that these guys are inheriting for me going into this with Shane today um, some of the things that you're trying to at least get at is his overview of the quarterback position well he wasn't going to give much there did not um, answer directly in any way shape or form a question that was specifically about Caleb Williams that I asked just getting his initial impression of the guy that the Bears are going to have to study here in the coming weeks didn't offer a lot on his evaluation of Justin Fields in fact nothing on his uh, evaluation of Justin Fields beyond that though I thought the two things to me that, that really stood out and resonated were number one him describing his growth as a play caller. Obviously, one of the th- reasons the Bears were attracted to him in this role is because he has previous play calling experience. Um, he talked about kind of the evolution over three years in Seattle uh, and the ability to to kind of find calm in game on the line situations, which we talk about the quarterback all the time. Well, your coordinator and your play caller needs to have that as well. And so he reflected back on a, a couple game winning drives in this past season with the Seahawks that, that he felt very proudly uh, about in regards to his ability to, to find the right play, to understand that even if uh, you don't call the right play in one moment, the next play could be the most important play of the game. Um, so I thought that was interesting for a guy that is going to need to lean on that previous play calling experience with whoever's playing quarterback for the Bears in 2024. Um, and I guess I'll get your, your feedback on that, and then I'll, I'll give you my other take. Yeah, I think I think that's a good observation. As, far, as it pertains to kind of like the nerves or anxiety, I, I feel like anybody in that situation – might have some of that, even though you might be proven because of what you can't say, 
how excited you might be about this opportunity. He mentioned the, you know, the, the Bears storied franchise a couple times. And I think that definitely is something that he connected with. But there are times that I know we talk about Matt Eberflus not being the most skilled orator either, but <laughs> There are times when Matt Eberflus would appear at the end of a season or after a game or whatever the case would be, and I thought that he was a little bit nervous at the end sure. of the season. So I think sometimes this is just kind of the way intense coaches operate. And Shane Waldron strikes me as somebody who is going to be somebody who's plugged in all the time. That's not a bad thing. And, and I also think I'm hesitant to be uh, too analytical about this or nitpicky because, Dan, I think, you know, said this before it's a common thing in situations like this you want to hear from these guys and sure. you sort of not implore but you encourage you know the bears and and for whatever team you're covering to put these guys out there and when they do you know they can't say very much so i don't feel that comfortable or yeah no doubt raising the way that he communicated because i thought it was just fine yeah, no doubt. We just have to kind of kind of watch it as we go forward and yeah. see how quickly he acclimates to this role. Because again, this is a this is a big boy job, you know, for it's these tough job head coaches, these coordinators, the next quarterback to come in here. You got to understand that you're up there every single week, and the predecessors in all those positions can tell you that every word you speak is going to be scrutinized, and it's going to be taken to radio stations and podcasts and blogs and newspapers and you know online publications, and it's gonna it's going to be scrutinized. Ask Justin Fields about his social media habits, which we can get to later and and just to have an understanding of how bright this spotlight is and how intense the scrutiny can be i i did think you know another one of the the, the skins on the wall for shane walden right now is the work he did in seattle and in, in reviving geno smith's career and when he was asked about that he talked um pretty glowingly about the the connection that he had with Gino, Gino's ability to be dialed in. And he, he spoke specifically of his unwavering mindset and, and the ability to have a positive mindset, regardless of the situation where Gino just believed that he was an NFL starter and carried himself in that way every single day, even when it wasn't guaranteed that he was going to be that. And he sort of catalyzed his own growth. And then that connection piece with Shane Waldron allowed it to go to a level um, where he obviously did some, some amazing things in 2022. Uh, and so you want to replicate that, you know, Whoever the quarterback is here, you want to be able to instill that kind of mindset. You want you want to be able to create that kind of bond and have that synergy between uh, play caller and quarterback that produces results. Because in the end, uh, this is all about um, results on game days, and then everything else. You know, the the, the performances at the lectern uh, become uh, much more positive, and and they are graded much more positively when you're on a three to five game winning streak. He talked about what Geno Smith was able to do to go from being Russell Wilson's backup to being a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback, which I think Shane Waldron gets and probably deserves a share of the credit for. I think that's what he talked about today. Um, and did it strike you that the biggest thing that he revealed was maybe just how positive Geno Smith was able to keep in the midst of, you know, yeah. that kind of transition and, and maintain that attitude and, it wasn't yeah, anything technical or anything mechanical or anything schematic. It was all about the the perseverance that one has to show. In yeah, the mindset. Like you know, the mindset. Yeah. And the, the mindset is such a critical piece of that position. Um, and that's why this next set of homework that the Bears have to do on the quarterbacks that they may be considering to replace Justin Fields, a.k.a. Caleb Williams and some others, uh, is going to require this homework piece. And, and Shane did talk about that generally uh, in the terms of, of going out and, and really enjoying the part of the pre-draft process that will start next week in Indianapolis where you get these 18-minute formal 
personal interviews at the combine and then you get to a pro day and you get a visit and you get a on-campus visit, a house hall visit, whatever it may be with these players. He talked about learning their story. You know, everybody's got a backstory. Everybody's got motivations. Everybody's got uh, goals and reasons why they're chasing those goals. And, and, and it is really key and critical for coaching staff to, to dial in on that and, and understand that DNA and understand those compasses so that you get a better understanding of, of who a player is. And then if you're so inclined to unite with them, how you can push them in the direction that they will respond to coaching and get the best out of them. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I think coaching, and this is a total tangent a little bit, but I'm just curious before we move on to Eric Washington or any other observation about Shane Waldron. You know, I was listening to him, and, and, I, and I wondered this, and it's more rhetorical because I'm not sure there is an answer. But do you think the coaching profession, I think specifically maybe, I don't know if that's college as much as pro because they're different roles, like – these guys are like relentlessly positive individuals. Their their makeup is is very. Like, there are exceptions, I'm sure, but like I'm thinking when you listen to Shane Waldron, he sounded a little bit like Luke Getzey at times. He sounded a little bit like you know Matt Nagy at times. And you, you know it, the job is so public, and the criticism is so consistent yeah. that I do wonder: does it make these guys? relentlessly positive as a result of what they know they have to face or do you just does it attract guys who are relentlessly positive because of the job description i don't know which is the case but it does strike me that that's always the first impression most of the time of these coaches in these situations is that boy does he find a way to stay positive and keep things like looking optimistically when, you know, you look at it, you, it not everyone's going to look at it that way. I think it's the latter. I mean, I really do think that um, particularly at this level, leadership requires you to set a tone and the tone that you're going to get the most results out of is being able to uh, win or lose, come back in a steady mindset, but also just have the people that you're leading believe that you're going in the right direction. And that, and that y- even if it is, um, obstructed at times that the road that you're on, you're going to find a way through it, you know, and you're going to get to where you want to go. And I just think that's, that's part of the, the DNA and the wiring you need to have in those positions to be able to, to galvanize a room and galvanize a, a unit. And, and, and so um, they're going to have to squeeze results out of that. I do think, you know, Shane also talked today about, uh, being adaptable, which was a priority for, for Matt Eberflus. I thought that was a, a buzzword here at Hellas Hall today and understanding that, you know, you are going to be required to put together, the puzzle and you're sometimes going to be forced to put together the puzzle every single week. Sometimes you're going to be facing an opponent that makes you reconfigure the puzzle. Sometimes you're going to have injuries or, um, you know, personnel decisions that affect the puzzle you're putting together. And so the ability to be adaptable is required in there. And then Shane just talked about from his own standpoint, being able to teach and position players properly, you know, and I think those two things are, are, are huge and, and his uh, ability to do that at a high level is going to be tested. And, and obviously again, you know, 
incrementally and then at the end of the season we'll have results to judge that that show are you teaching well are you positioning players properly and sometimes even that isn't always enough and 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 the results just aren't where they need to be and uh, everybody's got to go find a new start <laughs> how does he feel about him have already having a parking structure named after him to the waldron deck he was not i know you're excited about, about that i mean that, yeah. that it's probably going to get torn down soon when they're building a new stadium <laughs> yeah, okay. on the waldron deck you know so um we'll see which direction that goes